Hey guys, this is The Recovery Journey, and we are back. My name's Maria, and we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Abby. We've been best friends and roommate. Well, we've been best friends longer than we've been roommates, thankfully. So we've been roommates <laughs> since August, and we've been best friends since our freshman year of college. Uh, we met in school, but we also became better friends on a mission trip that we went to um, in 2014, I think that was. Uh, she mm-hmm. is a great friend and, uh, Abby, do you want to just introduce yourself and kind of tell the world why I love you so much and who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, yeah, so I am Abby, as Mary said. Um, so I am actually getting married in June. So that's a big part of my Woo-hoo. life right now. Woohoo. We're actually at 99 days as of today. Um, under a hundred. So it's pretty stoked. Double digits is getting real. Um, but yeah, so I am in a master's program for counseling. Um, so I'm learning a lot in that. I am at Lindenwood University currently. Um, so I'm really loving it, loving my classes. Um, it started out at a pretty slow and steady pace, so I'm pretty excited to let that pick up um, pretty soon. So I'm learning a lot, um, learning a lot about myself and learning a lot about the world of psychology and learning about others and how... Um, I could help others to help themselves. So it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I'm the youngest of six kids, um, big family, um, a lot of um, pretty typical traditional Christian lifestyle um, things kind of happened in my life. So um, I was homeschooled hmm. all, all the way through high school. Um, homeschool high five. Tw- yeah. I just clapped. Yes, clapped because that's the joke. Because there's only you know me. You're your only friend. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm the youngest, and I um, grew up in small town Missouri, USA. Um, pretty sheltered, I would say. Um, I was part of a family who we didn't really do like magical stuff or anything that was kind of like non Jesusy. Um, but the skirt wearing homeschooler stereotypical, that was us for like three months. And then we realized that's not life. Um, <laughs> that's not real life. So, so yeah, um, I have a pretty big heart for people and um, kind of learned that from a young age. Um, my grandma lived with us for a few years when I was little. Um, I have a sister with special needs. Um, obviously, she's older than me. She's um, 12 years older than I am. 12 to 13 years older. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty big part of my life. I love people. I love Jesus. Um, I love Jesus a lot more than people, but you know, <laughs> especially that's today's life. world. Anyway, <laughs> especially, yeah. So that's pretty much who I am. Um, so I guess we're going to kind of get into a discussion a little bit about more detailed in depth, real life, raw, vulnerable stuff. So it'll be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, we're just, we're both really thankful. And I mean, that you guys are listening and she's obviously my best friend for a lot of reasons, but a lot of the reasons why I love her is because we do share a lot of the same passions, just like Joe and I did. Uh, I am very, very, very picky on who I spend time with and you know, who I'm, um, wanting to like, I guess, I don't know what the right word would be, but to surround myself with the right people. And that's not to say that I don't spend time with other people or whatever, but I'm very intentional with, you know, my specific group of friends. And Abby is one of those friends that I know um, I can trust what she says. And um, we just have a really good friendship. So uh, I guess Abby, today, Abby and I actually wanted to talk about grief and finding comfort um, after 
um, the death of somebody or losing a friend or, um, you know, we've, we've both been impacted by friends that have, uh, died by su- by suicide. Um, and so I think both of us are just kind of on this journey of trying to figure out what does grief look like? Um, I know one of the big questions in grief is when will it stop hurting? Um, and, and my question to that is, does it, does it ever? Um, and, uh, so yeah, so Abby, do you want to tell a little bit about your story of grief and, um, just, we can go from there. Yeah. Um, so my story of grief, um, I would start out by saying that no one person experiences grief the same. So while there might be some like components that are similar, um, you know, each personality, I say personalities are like fingerprints, even though you might have it a neogram type or like Myers-Briggs or something. So each person will experience grief differently. Um, even in my own family, that has been true um, based on every single thing that every single death in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, my first kind of experience with death um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little bit sick. So <laughs> if that happens, As if I'm coughing, everyone I else apologize. Too. Yes. So hopefully I won't cough in your ear. I might just clear my throat. So, okay. (laughs) One last time, third time's a term. Um, Yeah. So my life was impacted by grief um, before I was born. And that sounds kind of nuts. But there's actually a lot of studies that show um, like families that have experienced grief um, or like mothers that experience grief that actually impacts the child in the womb. Um, and so I was actually a rainbow baby. And so that I had no idea really what that meant until a few years ago. Um, but the brother that was born right before me, he would have been, um, honestly, probably like the eighth child, maybe seventh child. Um, there's a couple miscarriages early on in my mom and dad's uh, marriage, but, um, yeah, so he was a stillborn. Um, and so he was at, I think 15 or 16 weeks, um, So that really impacted me without me knowing until a few years ago. Um, And then even in recent conversations with my oldest sister, who is 16 years older than me, um, we kind of talked about how that impacted um, all of us in our family and our mom and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, that kind of like set the tone, I feel like, for my life to kind of be really, really acquainted with grief. Um, And so that is um, something I'm actually working on right now, just kind of being a rainbow baby, realizing, um, you know, where do I fit in in the family? Where do I fit in in the world? Um, what would have happened? What would I even be around if this um, if this brother had lived? Um, and medically and physically, yes, there was a chance for me to be around. But my siblings and I are about three and a half years apart. And the stillborn happened like a year before I was born. So, um like less than a year, I think. Um, so yeah, that's kind of something I struggle with and wrestle with. Um, and then the next death, because there are many in my life, um, was my grandma and she had, um, really early onset, um, Alzheimer's. And so she moved in with us when I was two. Um, she lived with us until she died in 2003. So, um, that was, I was eight years old when that happened. And so I was in the room with her and I remember for myself, it was a very sorrowful experience because I had spent, um, six years of my eight years helping take care of her, helping, um, serve her, love her. Um, she had gone from being somewhat mobile and, you know, doing exercise bike, walking around in our, 
um, small town neighborhood to, um, to actually being bedridden, we'd have to turn her over, that sort of thing. Um, I don't remember her having a conversation with me. Um, she had lost her ability for words. Um, she had been humming and singing, and then progressively that kind of went off um, and left too. So um, for her dying, for me, that was actually pretty sorrowful. But speaking with my oldest sister, like I said the other day, um, she actually had a relationship where she was glad that my grandma wasn't suffering anymore. And at my age of eight years old, I had no idea necessarily the depth of that suffering my grandma was in. Um, I just knew that, you know, she was someone we needed to help take care of. Um, so that was hard for me for her to go. Um, but I did know it was a relief for my family. So I did have that relief. Um, so pretty soon after that, so that was in November of 2003, um, in June of 2005, so June 29th, um, it was 13 days before my 10th birthday, and um, my dad and my brother were going to a baseball game that my brother was going to play in, and my dad was going to help coach. Um, so side note, we are a very big baseball, softball family. Um, that's just always been my life, always been part of my life. That's kind of like the only sport that my family ever showed interest in. Um, my dad actually almost went pro, but he decided, because um, that was in the 70s, you made like less than a school teacher in the seventies, if you were a professional baseball player. So he decided to stay with school teaching and support my mom. Um, so we just always loved baseball, softball. So they were driving and there was two um, of my brother's teammates in the back seat, and uh, they were in a car accident. And my dad actually passed away from that accident. Um, they were going southbound on highway um, it was a two-lane highway, but technically four lanes because the northbound had two of its own lanes, and there was a huge median in between. Um, and somehow someone um, going northbound had crossed over the entire median um, and hit the car head-on. Um, there is no one else on my dad's side of the road. He had actually turned the car, so the brunt of the force would hit his corner. Um, and so that was obviously very unexpected. Um, for my family, we, we had been, um, kind of uprooted from our church a month beforehand. My dad felt God was leading us out of that. Um, we didn't have a church family specifically, um, that was able to help us. We were basically running that church. It was a very, very small church and we made up like a third of the church population. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was the youngest member of the congregation, except for a couple kids who were, um, kind of brought in a few different times from a different couple that didn't have kids, um, from their, you know, neighborhood and that sort of thing. But, um, I was pretty much the youngest member and then the, the majority of the members were older. So they didn't really have a way to help us. And they kind of thought that we were mad at them and that's why we left the church anyway. So we didn't have a lot of support, um, in that time from them. Um, and then I just remember personally, my family kind of like created a bubble around ourselves. My mom, um, Obviously, she took it very hard, um, and so she mm -hmm. uh, she just kind of, like, wanted us to have a protective bubble around ourselves. Um, we had some really hurtful things said to us by some people who thought they were trying to help. Um, but, you know, we had phrases said, like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're going through. I lost my dad last year. And it was somebody who was, like, in their 60s telling me that they lost their dad, and he was, like, 80-something, and it was just old age. And so um, – Kind of one lesson, yeah, one lesson I kind of learned um just from that and of myself was just to never tell another person that you know their experience 
that you are like super acquainted with that because as much as you think that's validating it's actually pretty invalidating to say like Mm -hmm. what you're going through like you kind of need to go through it the way that I go through it like you kind of need to just get over it because like it happens um Mm -hmm. and so that was one thing and then we had some people who um offered to help us out with just general stuff like when you're going when you lose like the main member of your family like the leader of your family you don't understand um like all the ins and outs there's not just the emotional part of just like having that dynamic ripped out from you it's um a lot of like stuff around their house needed to get done and we needed to get some repairs done and people would say oh yeah we'll help you and then when we we tell them yeah that would be really great for you to help us with that they they would literally said no um that's not what we were talking about helping you we just maybe wanted to bring you a meal or something Um, and so I think like the lesson in that too, is just, um, learning how to love others well through grief, even if you don't understand exactly what they're going through, like it actually helps them more for you to say, no, I don't know what you're going through, but I can sit in this with you no matter how long it takes. Um, because there is no time, like kind of like back to that initial Mm -hmm. question of, um, will I ever like heal from this? Will I ever get over this? Will I ever get through this um it doesn't really ever necessarily go away it just you get better at handling it um you know I'm yeah learning how to cope yeah things things change yeah so um yeah learning how to cope with it learning how um that it's familiar but it's not it's familiar but it's not friendly um so you you still don't like it it's kind of like having like I don't know, like really how to describe it. It's just really kind of its own thing. But, um, but yeah, so just learning how to cope with it, learning to have a good support system. And, um, one thing that I think my family, like I would have hoped, um, differently for my family in that is that we would recognize external support a little bit more, um, and not have stayed in our bubble so long because we kind of cut ourselves off from some people and they didn't try, after a while they just kind of stopped trying to reach out um because they didn't realize we were reacting in grief um and we it's not that we were reacting negatively but when we would kind of turn down um offers for people um, to go to their house or something like that like you know we were we would think well how how do we even interact with you guys with our dad not here like our dad was the main friend of your family or your dad um you know people didn't know how to talk to my mom anymore because Um, if they were married, they, for some reason, they thought that that was the similar connection. And so, um, there's a lot of friends who kind of, kind of dropped off because, um, they didn't know how to cope or, you know, how to talk to my mom without, you know, bringing that up. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the deal of, it's not that you ever get over it, but you kind of get more familiar with it and, um, it will come up in different ways throughout your life. So, um, I counted the days of my life up to that 13 days before um, I turned 10. And there was a point um, a couple years ago that I had counted where it was um, I lived half my life with my dad and half without. Um, mm. And so obviously, since I was the youngest, I was the one to hit that mark soonest. Um, my brother that was in the wreck um, and thank God that like he recovered so well. There's so much miracle in that. Um, he had a traumatic brain injury. He had, um, his elbow was stuck in the dashboard and with adrenaline, he like pulled it out and he's got a massive scar on it. Um, and he broke his thumb. 
Um, so there was a, there was a period where he had like multiple types of therapies. Um, but, um, so he hit his halfway mark in, I believe January of this year. Um, but I hit mine like two and a half years ago. So it was just, there's the experience of each person is different because your brain remembers different things about that family member. Your brain remembers, um, special, unique moments. Um, and Mm -hmm. so with me getting married this year, it's, it's brought up a lot of different things. Um, so I was never really one to try to like look forward to my wedding or like plan out the entire thing. I just knew that I wanted to eventually be married and have kids. Um, so when I got to uh, December last year, when I got engaged, um, I kind of was like, oh, man, like I have to face this now. Like I always kind of thought it was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll face that when I come to it. Like I'll face the fact like my dad's not going to walk me down the aisle. I'm going to, you know, I'll just, you know, have my brothers do it. You know, I have two brothers. So you know, I'll just have them do it. And, um, you know, so I asked them and obviously they're going to do that They're They would love to do that. But, um, then it gets to the point where we're planning, um, the reception and planning, um, the parent dances. And so my, my fiance and his mom are going to have a dance and, um, like, I'm totally okay with that. That's, you know, something that we talked about. It's fine. But, um, it's, it's hit me in different ways and in different respects and different facets um like my dad you know and I we're not going to dance together because he won't be there and um so just knowing like I have lived kind of my life up to this point like you know definitely wanting to live for Christ and living um for him to be happy with my lifestyle that sort of thing but also knowing like because I'm living for Christ my dad would be proud of me um that's helped a lot Mm -hmm. um And despite what anyone could say or, you know, they might extrapolate or assume about what my dad's opinions would be, I know, you know, as long as I'm living for Jesus, like, that was what my dad wanted the most. My parents prayed over us so much. Um, And so even in grief, I can know that my dad would be happy with me if he was here. Um, I have no idea if he knows if he's looking down, like I, there's a lot of theories or theological debates on like what people see from heaven. But, um, really I'm just, you know, processing right now and, um, accepting like he won't be there, but it's going to be okay. And I'm, you know, I'm living for God and living for Jesus. And so my dad would be proud of that. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, the current state with that. Um, and there's been a lot of other people who have died in my life that I was close to. Um, like my grandpa died in 2009 and that's my mom's dad. And he was the only grandparent I was close with, um, because, you know, my grandma was so sick. Um, and my other grandparents died, um, from my dad's side, they died before I was born. So, um, that was a pretty hard hit. Uh, I was 14, um, and then when I was in college, uh, freshman year, it was January freshman year, um, my dad's sister um, died by suicide. And so that really hit me hard because that was the first person in my life that I was close to that I knew that died by suicide. And I, um, you know, I had struggled off and on um, anxiety, depression, that sort of thing. But um, my family, we tried counseling after my dad died and my mom didn't push us because the experience we had trying to do a family session was really pretty awful. Um, it didn't get us anywhere. Um, and so we were pretty turned off to counseling, to be honest, which is kind of funny now because I'm going to be a counselor. Um, 
<laughs> but, but yeah, so I, um, I think that counseling would have helped us, but we were all so like turned off to the idea of talking to a stranger. We were in that bubble. Um, we didn't have anything that gave us reason to kind of come out of that bubble um, or share our experience or talk to a professional or someone who could kind of help us facilitate our own feelings and help us um, to work through them. Um, you know, we just thought it was, it was kind of a weird thing to talk to a stranger. So, um, but yeah, so my aunt, uh, it was pretty unexpected. She had been kind of sick. She was in the hospital. Um, and she had always had some health issues. Um, she had abused drugs pretty seriously in like the 60s, 70s. Um, and then she turned her life over to Jesus. And so she was in recovery from that, but, um, and her husband was the same way, but, um, she had some health issues that were residual from that. And so she had a lot of heart problems from her migraine medicine and the migraines were from, you know, the drug issues. And, um, then she had fallen in the hospital with her most recent heart, um, issue. So, um, she just felt pretty, um, I think she felt pretty stuck, honestly. Um, she had kind of talked to my uncle about, um, not wanting to do this anymore, not wanting to live anymore. And, um, you know, there's a lot of facets about that, that, uh, the hospital maybe could have gotten into a lawsuit about, but that's kind of a whole different story. But, um, for my experience, uh, that was, she was the funny aunt. She was the one who would always bring up stories about my dad, about, um, her and, you know, her cousins that she was close with. So, um, and she lived two hours away from us. So we didn't see them very often, especially because the crane side, which is my dad's side, um, had a fear of traveling. And so there were, uh, holidays upon holidays where they would just kind of come up for Easter to see us, uh, which kind of stopped after my dad died, but they just kind of like to stay in their own little bubble. So I think, um, it's kind of a, a family trait, maybe a legacy burden type thing. So, um, but that was just really hard. Um, you know, knowing that my aunt was hopeless, um, knowing that she didn't have, um, she didn't have any hope and she didn't feel like she had resources. Um, and so, yeah, that was pretty hard, but we are, you know, my family is still kind of stuck together in that. And it's kind of made us, um, kind of rely on, rely on God a little bit more. Um, and so through that, knowing that, um, there's still hope, um, for the rest of us seeing that struggle and seeing where, um, you know, we, in, in the darkest of times, we can still have support, um, and just learning, learning where we need to reach out, learning where, if we see people going through those dark times, even if they may think it's the weirdest thing for you to reach out, like, if you feel you need to reach out, like, do that. Um, I also, I had a different friend. She was actually my age. Um, it was the fall of 2016 and I hadn't really talked to her since high school because she lived, um, like four and a half hours away and we weren't very close cause there were some instances in high school where, um, she didn't really understand the homeschooling part of me. She had like a certain perspective towards it. So we, there was kind of a raw spot between us there, but I was just kind of, you know, I kind of let that go cause there's a lot of people who, you know, didn't understand it or just thought it was funny. So it was not a big deal to me. Um, but we were pretty close in high school beyond that. And, um, in 2016 in October, she, um, uh, died by suicide as well. Um, and so that, that kind of hits more of a sore spot because she was my age. We had a lot of the same experiences. Um, 
you know, living in the same town for that time in high school and all of that. And, um, like I had no idea what her life was at the time, but I had no idea she was struggling. Um, she was a very artistic person. Um, so like sweet and personable. She was on fire for God, you know, the type of person that a, a typical Christian who didn't really understand mental health would think, well, she's got everything, you know, like she's got Jesus. She's got in her mission mindset. She's got, you know, a boyfriend who loves her. Like, you know, her life is kind of on the up. She's, you know, probably going just back to school, you know, back to college. Um, and people just miss it. Like if you, if you assume things mm-hmm. about people, you assume that you know what's going on in their life. Like you don't understand their internal life. You don't understand their thought life. You don't understand what they're not sharing. Um, you know, and so um, that was pretty hard too. So my life has kind of just been a series of, um, well, I don't want to say a series of unfortunate events. That's not at all. Um, but there are times when I can, you know, get myself in that mindset and like allow myself to really feel um kind of the depressing aspects, honestly. Um, but knowing that there is hope, um, even in grief, knowing that there are people in my family, people who aren't in my family who can share those experiences has really been, um, the lifeline through grief. Um, and even if, even if there's somebody, like if there's somebody whose dad died that I met randomly, um, I hesitate to tell them that I had that as well. And it's not, um, it's not really because I don't want them to know my story. It's because I, I don't want them to feel the same way that I felt when people try to tell me that because um, it really takes a certain way and it's different for each person and how to present that to somebody compassionately um, without trying to make them feel a certain way or make them uh, think that you expect them to act a certain way now that you have that in common. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of been my acquaintance with death so yeah there's a lot there yeah um so yeah that's my best friend everybody (laughs) my Uh, life in a nutshell and and that's just one part of it (laughs) (laughs) um and I you know I don't know how many of you guys know all the ways that grief has impacted my life but in grief isn't always just death um I think oftentimes that is the biggest one and, and probably the one that maybe causes like the majority of grief however there's grief that comes from um you know like family disputes or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it um there's grief that comes from all kinds of stuff breakups uh Hmm. so it's not just death you know and it depends on um what person we're talking about and in what situation um some things some people that you lose in life um can hurt just as much as death it just it's kind of all it really everybody's different Mm -hmm. right and so just like trauma can affect everybody differently um grief can as well and so I just want to throw that out there I uh I think my and even like when somebody gets sick so I've had a lot of instances of people getting sick in my life and not necessarily dying but um it is it's definitely impacts me And, and and that might sound selfish because you know I'm not the one that's sick. And I, and I know that like I've had, um, like for instance, when I was little, my mom got diagnosed with Meniere's disease and a lot of people don't know what that is. Um, but it, it has to do with like the inner ear and vertigo and dizziness and stuff. And she like couldn't eat salt. And so like that impacted our family life 
like and it still does like she still has it and so I remember when I was little we'd have to get up in the middle of the night and like take her to the emergency room and like oh my gosh like I was just so nervous all the time in fact there was one time that she like got something in her like a cut in her hand or something and I was so worried about her that I like I knew the last time she had had her tetanus shot wow so like I remember being like um you had your tetanus shot at this point and so then she was able to be like oh I need to go get another one and so that is how on top of my mom's medical stuff that I really wanted to be and and um so I think just watching our family dynamic change a little bit after her diagnosis was really hard on me and no she didn't die yes she's still in my life and um whatever but she uh that that definitely had an impact and I definitely grieved that and I and I there's still times I grieve that um because it made her sick and so she was in bed you know instead of playing with us or making dinner or whatever and then she um there's times like when she was in the hospital or whatever and um and just like your mom not feeling good all the time like you feel bad you know like Mm -hmm. she's got a headache again or whatever and it's like it's terrible. And when I say headache, I mean, like, migraine in bed with, like, lights out, not, like, oh, I just have a little headache. Yeah. Um, but then, like, every time we got to eat, like, she'd have to make sure that there was no sodium, you know, in the food or low sodium this and low, you know. And so it's, like, not only did that impact my eating disorder just a little bit because I grew up with, like, everything being low sodium and having this fear of sodium, but also I – uh it's just a constant reminder, you know, you go out to dinner as a family and it's like, we have to pick somewhere that, that we know, like the meat isn't pre-marinated and, you know, do they have olive and oil for olive oil, olive oil oil and vinegar for salads and things like that, that like, you just don't think about, you know, people will be like, Oh, she can have a salad. Yeah. But like salad dressing, you know, has a lot of sodium. So just things like that, that was really difficult. Um, and then growing up, like my grandma died and I was really close with her. Um, and that's my mom's mom. She had a pretty, she had a mengenoma on the back of her neck and it it was a very long, um, like it basically slowly paralyzed her from the waist, from the feet up and until she like couldn't breathe. Um, and so that was really hard. It took about two years for that whole course, um, maybe a little bit longer. And so that was really hard watching that. Um, and then, uh, even when I actually, when I was really little, one of my first friends, her name was Jenna. Um, I had two friends die when I was like in elementary school and they were both around my age. Jenna, um, was born with special needs. Um, but when you're a kid, you don't know any different, you know? And so she was just one of my friends and, um, we had a birth, there was a birthday party for a family friend of ours and she was part of that group. And so she was there and we remember playing catch with the balloon with her. And then all of a sudden I remember being at her funeral. Um, and that was really like, I just remember being like, so there's no more Jenna, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like probably a year after that, one of uh, our family friends in that same group, um, one of the boys had his helmet on and it was cli- like for his bike and he was climbing on the monkey bars and he slipped and fell. And I guess somehow it got caught. And so it choked him to death. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was another one. And then there was like, we just had multiple kid deaths around, you know, and then, I knew the family that was in that car crash shot by Six Flags, um, and he was one of my best friends, and one of the boys that died was one of my best friends in preschool, um, and so there was a lot of, like, just death. Um, Mm -hmm. My grandma died when I was 14, and then since then, I've had multiple friends uh, die by suicide, and so it's just, you know, and I've had friends die by eating disorders, too, and so 
grief can look very different and it, and it honestly does depend on um, my relationship with them and um, I don't know. And so, yeah, it is definitely a hard topic and it is something that I think affects everybody. And I think that there's no time that like you were saying that I'm ever going to be like, you know, there's special like where I feel like I'm over it because grief, the loss of a loved one or a type of grief, it is not something to get over. Like it's not, I'm not actively working every day to get over it. Mm -hmm. I'm acting to remember them, you know, like I'm acting like when there's things that come up, like, yeah, it's sad. And, um, but I cherish all those memories I have with each of those people. And, uh, I will say I had a great uncle that just recently passed this week. Um, his name was uncle Leo and he, uh, was a really great guy. My grandpa's, uh, brother, and obviously I've known him my entire life and he was always kind of this like cool uncle that like build box cars and he like knew how to golf really well and just a cool guy. And he was diagnosed with cancer, I think like four or five years ago. And, um, he, he died this past week and the week was actually last night. Um, and so that just really got me thinking of like grief and, and how it, it is such a normal part of life. Like loss is part of life. Like we are meant to live and to die. And that is part of life. Like we are not perfect. There is sin, there's pain in the world, there is sickness. Um, and that really shows our true reliance on God and our true dependence on God. Um, so I don't know. It's grief is not something to get over. I want that to be, a point in this, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, and it can take a while. So. Yeah. And I can take forever. Yeah. And I even like just you talking about different friends, like your age dying, like I completely, um, there is just a weird dynamic, but, um, there's a, a guy who is my age when I was 14, who he and his brother died in a car accident. And that was, it came in so strongly. It was in 2010. It was like reenactment of my dad for a little bit, even though I was not even close with the guy, I was afraid to like really even talk with him. Um, I had a crush on him and, um, it's just hard too because, um, like you were saying, like grief, like there's like a loss that comes along with grief that it doesn't even have to be death. Like I, with him, like I grieved, like I was 14. So I was thinking kind of of the future and how I, you know, I said, I, dreamed about getting married. I didn't really necessarily dream about the specific wedding day, but I was crushing on him hard enough to grieve the loss of like, wow, like I kind of thought I might end up with him, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the loss of relationships, like in any sense of the word, like whether it's a friend, um, that you're just not as close with anymore. And you like had so much history with them. We're so vulnerable with them and like they're carrying around with them right now this very moment, like the secrets you've shared with them and like you trusted that with them. So like, but if you are not close with them anymore, like, or if there's some sort of betrayal, like that's like, that's grief in and of itself. Um, Mm -hmm. And so definitely, yeah, like um, (laughs) big part of my story. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, like I definitely want to like echo that about uh, grief, not just being death. Um, It just happens that the theme of grief in my life, like, yes, I directly go to like all of these deaths in my family, but I have had a lot Mm -hmm. of relationship grief. I've had Mm 
literal PTSD, just self-disclosure, literal PTSD from some relationship issues that I've had in my life. Um, and I've had to let go of that. And I've had to grieve like what happened. I've had to grieve the wish of what would have happened. I've had to grieve, um, like any sort of hopes that I had for that, you know, different relationship. And that's specifically that would, I would say would be like a relationship with a guy, but, um, but actually it's happened a few different times, but, you know, I think, um, that is just part of my life and part of my story because of my own difficulty and my own dynamic of not really, um, knowing how to navigate a relationship with the opposite sex, um, not really knowing how to navigate, um, kind of just, um, basically how, how to go about like dating someone, having a relationship, that sort of thing. Um, because of the loss of my dad, like that was not, that, that just took like a way back burner. Like that wasn't even on the stovetop, like when I was that age, when my dad died. So it, when it came up and when I was around that age, like I had no idea, like I had, I had lost the opportunity to kind of like have any sort of like discussions with my dad about like how a guy should treat me. Like I had those with my mom, but it's just not the same. And like when I had like my parents' marriage, I admired, but like I had to grieve, like seeing that more, I had to grieve, um, the potentials and, you know, learning more about how to go about my own relationships. And I think that really contributed to a lot of loss, um, and kind of like my own navigations with, um, with guys and, you know, there's, plenty of loss that can go along with, um, death relationships. Um, like I'm currently kind of grieving, um, a little bit of, uh, some job wishes or job hopes, um, that I had just, um, having to, um, quit my job recently and having to, um, transition elsewhere. Um, just because I was, you know, know, mental health was kind of an issue for it, even though it was working in a mental health facility. Um, I was just in over my head. Very real. It's very it real. It was very real. Like it, when you, it, it's a tough job. It wasn't even mental health anything. It's hard. Yeah, it wasn't even uh, a big corporation. We were our own mom and pop nonprofit six um, employee place, um, and I just I kind of got stretched too thin. So I had to grieve the fact of me trying to be the perfectionist, where I you know I never quit anything. Like that's just not in my DNA. Like I'm a mm-hmm. crane. I don't quit. Um, I strive, I push, I'm competitive to a fault. Um, I'm stubborn to a fault. And so me quitting. Guys, imagine Abby and I living in the same (laughs) apartment. Slash the same room. Slash the exact same room. But hey, Um, I mean, we're doing great. Yeah. There really has been like zero issues. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it definitely gets fun sometimes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Except there is that. Yeah. The one issue. But um, anyway, so. The one issue. No, now I gotta know. (laughs) Yeah, not on the podcast. Um, <laughs> now we got to talk after. Yeah, Thanks, this guys. Is, uh, Mom, Dad, stop fighting. Um, yeah, no, it, honestly. Um, yeah, this is one of those, like, parenting moments where, like, my parents would, like, go in the other room and we would never see them fight. Right. And, like, so we kind of learned, like, yeah, settle your differences not in front of the kids. But then, like, we also didn't learn how to have discussions and conflict in front of the kids. So that we, as kids, didn't really know how to handle conflict. So, so there's a loss there too, guys. Bring well, it there's back only 90, to... There's only 99 more days until you're married. So that means there's only 99 more days 
for you to have to put up with whatever I'm doing that you don't oh don't like or whatever the issue is. There, so there's not a current you know, issue 90... at all. Good, um, but there's only 99 more days to live together. This reminds me so... of Monsters Inc. where they have there have been zero days without an accident. Twenty three nineteen. Pretty much um, me. There's zero days without an accident. Gosh. That's me every day. I'm like tripping over stuff. Oh my gosh, I was watching. This is totally off topic, and I'm sorry, guys. But, but welcome to, to our say, life. We need this. some comic relief from this grief and welcome loss to talk. my brain. Yeah, yes, this squirrel. is yeah. So I was watching the Duggars today, which shocked well, That's creepy. I, I actually do. They I, know there's a lot of what? <laughs> okay, on TV, the show. Anyway, so I haven't. I honestly, since everything came out with, if you know my story, you know that the Duggars had a huge impact on it, and um, so not impact, but it. I I'm not a, their biggest fan. I'll, I'll put it that way. Definitely not jim bob and michelle and the oldest josh and so i guess all that to say i really took a step back from the duggars i was a huge fan until everything came out um a couple years ago and 20 i think it was like 2015 things came out yeah Dang. and uh, years ago, I, uh yeah i took a step back and um and now they have that counting on show and they I, you know, and I like all the girls. I like Jess and Jill, Ginger. Okay, this is getting way too long. Anyway, they're all cool, whatever. They're getting married. Well, Ginger, it was, I was watching Ginger's wedding, and Ginger's walking down the aisle, and she tripped going up the aisle, like, just barely, but, like, and I was like, me. that's me. That's gonna be me. Right. Like, that, that, and, you know, the groom was, Jeremy was, like, laughing, kind of, and I was like, I can only pray that my future husband aka travis if he gets on a knee and gives me a ring um it's coming um, i know i'm just i'm i'm just being ridiculous i love him and i am waiting ever so patiently for him Uh um but anyway so i just was like i pray that that is the kind of relationship i have and that is totally the relationship i have with travis um, so just super thankful. But anyway, I just thought it was funny that she like tripped up the aisle. Like, yep, that's me. Zero days without an accident. <laughs> yeah. Even on my wedding day. Well, and even too, like, I think the grief that I have gone through and I know I will go through and I mean, anyone too, but obviously I'm only going to speak for myself. Cause like I said, I hate it when people speak for others grief. Um, the voice, their voice is their voice. So yours will sound yeah. different. So be quiet. Um, Anyway, oh. I just came up with and that. Sassy yeah, Abby. Brush it off my shoulder. It's fine. Um, but anyway, I just think that it has made like, um, like not like the opposite of loss in this case would not necessarily be win, but like the things I have gained, um, mm. like out of like the depths of like the grief that I have experienced to so the depths of the loss. Um, it's just been like so much sweeter knowing like, God is like our true father. And like, that's something I didn't really mention earlier, but that's, that was something that I had to cling to. And I still am kind of like uncovering every piece of what that truly means. Um, as God Mm -hmm. is the ultimate, perfect Abba father. Um, you know, like in, in the Hebrew, like Abba, it means daddy. Like, it's not, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm not going to get, say like, Oh, Hey daddy, God. Um, I'm not that type of person. I know there are people who like that, but it's just, it has made it everything like, so sweet knowing that like yes all of that happened like everything in my life up to this point like there have been some really crippling losses um but in the end like at the end of the day like everything like God allows to happen and I say allow because he doesn't cause pain um 
it's I mean that's one of his promises in the Bible like he doesn't cause pain or sorrow um he allows it to happen and the joy is that much sweeter and um like I still like the phrase the joy of the Lord is my strength like that I struggle with still to Mm. this day um like how how do you get strength from joy like I, I like ultimate like true joy like I had a I had a part of my teenage years where my mom would ask me if I was depressed and I was like no you know I'm just kind of sad today but like I didn't I wasn't letting her in on some things um just because of like our relationship dynamic but um I think I was depressed and just didn't want to uh I didn't know how to navigate that because I didn't I didn't feel safe to navigate that Mm -hmm. um and so in that time like kind of like repeating to myself like the joy of the Lord is my strength like it shows now to this day like it's true, even if I don't think it's true. Like, it, my human mind, like, cannot grasp the full truth of that quite yet. But, like, mm-hmm. every loss, every pain, um, all of that is working out for God's glory. Um, in mm-hmm. my sp- And for the good of those who love him. Yes. Um, and so, God's glory is, like, the goal of, like, mm-hmm. my story. So, yeah. um, so, I don't know. That's just something I really want to, like, give encouragement to. Like, um I don't really know if people listening to this would ever have any like way of contacting me, but if anyone like feels like they need <laughs> to reach out or anything, like I am, there's the song from the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which I've never finished, but <laughs> I'm a man of constant sorrow. And like, that was kind of my life. Um, and it still kind of is, but like, there is, there is joy in the journey. Like there's joy in the pain. There <laughs> is. So <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, yeah, the come in um so yeah there you go there you go um but yeah so I just uh yeah I just want to encourage people to um I mean if they need to reach out like you know reach out to one of us or reach out to a friend where you've kind of like been hesitating like you know a little bit of vulnerability (laughs) will go a long way like there is nothing more than there's nothing better than some um community in your sorrow um Mm -hmm. so like that bubble it looks really good, but that bubble gets like thicker and thicker and thicker. The mm-hmm. more you put it around yourself, that isolation, um, like at first, you know, it's like, there's kind of like, you can breathe through it, you know, it's fine. Like you can handle it, but the thicker it gets, the the harder it is to like survive in that bubble. You, you can't thrive in that. Um, right. And so just, you know, reach out, um, a little bit of vulnerability will go a long way. So. It's kind of yeah. where I want to encourage everybody. I also, I just want to talk about grief and, and PTSD and how it relates to recovery. Um, obviously, grief can lead to a lot of addictions and eating disorders and body dysmorphia and all kinds of body dissatisfaction, um, all kinds of things, right? Um, but I think another thing that isn't often talked about, and it is really difficult to talk about, um, but it plays a huge part in my story. And as my, and as of my story, like this past, I would say winter, um, that's pretty much where, where I've been is in this grief place. And it's not over anybody or, or any, um, death. It's really about, it's really over my body and about my past. And so, um, I think that's another huge place that grief plays in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, like I mentioned in the very first podcast when I was introducing myself, I had a pretty hard diagnosis that had to do with my sexual abuse. Um, 
I went to the doctor and I, there's there's some nerve damage stuff. There's some stuff going on that could either forever impact me. Um, right now we're working on like pain management and stuff. Um, and so that is definitely helpful. Um, but that hit me really hard, like really hard. And so a lot of my work recently has been, you know, living in the gray. Um, and, and part of that is grieving my body and grieving what I wish that it would be and what I wish that I didn't have flashbacks or PTSD, or I wish that, you know, the sexual abuse never would have happened or a lot of, there's just a lot of grief in that and, and, um, everything that has come around that. And so, um, just wanted to really be honest and open about the way that grief is a part of PTSD. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people with PTSD have to grieve, um, whether it's family relationships, um, their body, uh, you know, trauma, abuse, the PTSD itself. Um, there's a lot of grief that comes along with that. And I, and, um, and that takes time. I mean, that is not, again, not something just to get over. I mean, you, there, there really is no way to get over grief. There is no other side. Once you go through something that's traumatic or that induces grief, like it will forever change you. And so it's learning how to be in the new normal mm-hmm. um, and not going back to how things were before. And so really for me in this season, I'm just embracing where we're at right now. And just, you know, it's a really sweet season. It's brought Travis and I a lot closer together, I think. Um, we've had to have some pretty serious talks that I probably wouldn't have had, um, had that diagnosis not come up with him. Um, and you know, he's come to therapy already with me, with Mara and it's opened up a lot of good conversations and, um, yeah, I, I just, I'm so thankful for that. And I, and I don't, was it a hard season? Is it a hard season? Absolutely. There are days that I, you know, really struggle or whatever, and it definitely plays a role in my eating disorder. Um, But the days that I can let myself sit in the gray and to grieve that and then to realize, like, I have this sweet, sweet man sitting by my side who is encouraging me to seek the Lord in in that and, and, you know, wanting to stand by my side through it all is absolutely incredible. And I am just really thankful. So Mm -hmm. I just want to say, like, it is a huge part um, in PTSD and recovery. And if that is something you're struggling with, please reach out. Um, Not only am I going through that, like, kind of currently – Um, but that is a huge part of my passion because so many people don't talk about that, about the after physical effects of trauma and, or the after, I mean, a lot of people talk about PTSD, but there's so much more that also goes into trauma. And so, um, even things as far as reenactment or, um, just some of those like gross, like nobody wants to talk about them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of that. And so if that's something that you're struggling with to talk about or bring up to your therapist or something, I mean, feel free to reach out here or on Facebook or Instagram. I'd be more than happy to um, kind of talk to you a little bit and then get you, uh, you know, a couple of resources or whatever. Um, Abby, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about before we end this? Um, well, kind of what you're talking about, um, kind of the, I mean, we've been saying it over and over again, like grief, like there is no like way to like get over it and just like sticks with you. But like grief is like the tattoo that no one wants, but Mm. it's like, it's like permanent and you're not choosing it. Like, this is not like something you would want, like whether it's like a physical thing, um, like regarding to like sexual abuse, um, whether it's mental where like your, your, your synapses are not firing the right way anymore because of something that happened to you, you know, like PTSD, um, something like that. But, um, you know, grief is, 
so prevalent that um, it, it's hard to, to say like exactly how each person will go through it. But we all know if you've gone through something, it will stick with you. But finding the people um, to support you through that, finding the people who mm-hmm. aren't going to, um, you know, who aren't going to make it worse or, you know, cut any deeper. Um, like the that's, you know, kind of just been a godsend. And I've just, I've really appreciated Maria's friendship in that where there's been so much validation mm-hmm. that I never, um, I never really had necessarily. Um, it, it didn't really ever come in in the way that um, I needed it to from, you know, various other people in my life, like even in my family, you know, um, like I said, each of us experienced it differently. So there is, there was that bubble, but it, it kind of also kind of became like an MMA octagon at times. Like we were all just fighting and not really Mm -hmm. leaving that bubble. Um, and so, you know, that kind of created, you know, some relationship issues and, you know, grieving that too. So yeah, I just want to encourage people, um, you know, reach out, um, find your people, find your tribe. Um, even if they haven't gone through the exact same thing, um, there, there's still some, some really beautiful things to come out of a relationship where you can share those things vulnerably and, um, really encourage each other, no matter what, um, what grief has done in your life, no matter what impact you've had. Um, I mean, I have some good friends who they haven't really lost anyone to death, Um, but they've, you know, they can empathize and empathy is such a huge part of life. Mm -hmm. Um, like if you don't have empathy skills, like it's, you can still learn that. Like, it's not like I'm going to talk down on somebody who doesn't have that, but like there's, Mm -hmm. if someone has natural empathy, like I'm just drawn to them and I, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. really easy to just be open with them and say like, here I am, like the good, the bad, like, this is what I am going through. This is what I have gone through. This is what I know I will go through. Um, you know, in each stage of life, you know, that grief may come in in different ways, like me recently with the wedding stuff, but don't, mm-hmm. yeah, don't feel like you can't bring that to people just because suddenly it looks different for you. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind That's of good. encouragement. So. Cool. Well, thank you, Abby, for being on the show. Yeah. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for listening as always. And if you are wanting to be a guest on this show, just like Abby or Joe has been, or you have um, something like a critique or something, please let me know. I I would like to know on those things. So thank you guys. (laughs) 